0: Hey everyone! Welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast with Mike Tagliere and I'm Bobby Sylvester. We're on Twitter at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Tagliere NFL. Tags, how's it going today, man? It's
1: going, dude. I um I woke up and there was like you know five inches of snow outside, and that's fine because I don't have to drive anywhere. But so I walked to my like I went downstairs and like I I get up at like five in the morning. I start working and. I went upstairs to tell my wife I was going to be recording so that they could be quiet upstairs. And, uh, I was like, so when are you going to go out and use the snowblower? And she's like, you mean you, when are you going to go out there? And I was like, well, unless you want me waiting until Thursday when the primer is done, I'm not doing it. Dude, you work from home. Why do you need a snowblower? Just stay in your basement. I'm going to do that, but I don't, I don't have to drive. So she's going to be, she's going to have to do it. She's going to have to like, you know, take one for the team here.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. So our guest today is Pat Fitzmorris of thefootballgirl.com. He's on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. Now, Pat, um, I know you're a Packers fan. How are you feeling about uh the season with mm. the Bears just dominating?
2: Oh. Having to <laughs> having to sit this one out and watching the Vikings and Bears compete for the NFC North title is just painful. It's
0: so wrong. Can
2: you guys fire your coach already? Just let Aaron Rodgers lose, please. Yeah, I know like I say it like you're in charge. So. <laughs> <laughs> my my Twitter buddy John Paulson of four for four dot com is uh you know, he's he's like, Great if we win, but if we don't win, that's one step closer to Mike McCarthy getting fired and this team moving forward. So I guess That's the way we have to look at it now, and um, yeah, so, and that uh, loss last night was followed by us getting 10 inches of snow tags. We're uh, a little north of you, as you know, and so, yeah, I think right after this recording, I am going to be going out there and, you know, shoveling some heart attack snow, so. Do we all
0: live in Illinois? We do all live in Illinois. Wow,
2: I got just a dusting. I'm down
0: south. This is like more snow than we've got in five years, though, so. That's nuts. That's nothing. Come on. Yeah, I, I, I hate snow. I'm so glad it doesn't snow much here. So, I mean, the the Bears are doing really well. Are they an actual Super Bowl contender?
1: Uh, I would think so. I mean, with the way their defense is playing, my, my issue with them, though, right now, I was having this conversation this weekend with some family during Thanksgiving and everything, is that the Bears they need to run the ball better and like once you get to the winter months and like the 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 weather in Chicago is going to get worse and they're going to have to run the ball more than airing it out as they have been they need to get Jordan Howard going I'm just hoping that Matt Nagy or just get Mitch Trubisky healthy and he can run every time (laughs) yeah but no I mean for real though I mean Jordan Howard I Matt Nagy's a smart dude like he gets it and he's he's like I I actually liked him as a coach I like the way he's what he's done with the offense but I don't understand why, I, I don't, I'm hoping that he's kind of like held some things back with Jordan Howard because they need to run more out of the I formation, they need to get him a running head start, they need to put Mitch under center and hand in the ball. Like, just watch the tape, Jordan Howard was able to get it done with this offensive line, you know, with less talent on offense. They can do it, uh, That they need to run the ball better, but the defense
0: can take them a long way. Behind the Saints and the Rams, I don't really see a clear cut number three. Pat, do you think it's the Bears or could it be like the Vikings, Panthers, Seahawks, Cowboys? I'm talking in the NFC and in the AFC. I mean, it's obvious you got the Patriots, Steelers, Chiefs, Chargers, I
2: guess. Besides that, no one has a chance. I think the Bears and Vikings both have a puncher's chance uh, in there behind the Rams and Saints because they can play defense. And it would be really interesting in this, the year that everyone sort of, uh, you know, is is dismissing defense as mattering and, um, you know, saying it's all about. I'd like that. Yeah, it it would be kind of cool if the Bears could sort of uh, disprove that and, you know, topple some of the heavyweights, the offensive powerhouses, the Rams and Saints using defense. And and man, the way Bears face Mahomes in the Super Bowl would be so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) It would be, man. I don't want to see Kyle Fuller against
1: Tyreek Hill. I don't want to see it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, let's move on to the uh, fantasy football talk. We're doing a waiver wire show here today, obviously. Now, we do have some some news to talk about. It looks like Melvin Gordon is going to be out for a couple weeks. Now, obviously, we're talking waiver wire, so Austin Eckler needs to be mentioned. He's available in less than 50% of leagues, though. Otherwise,
2: he would clearly be the top pickup. I mean, you'd spend your whole fab budget on him, right, Pat? Oh, yeah, definitely. He's going to be in line for some uh, nice work. And, you know, even if he does share some work with Justin Jackson, who I'm sure we're going to talk about coming up, Eckler's still the lead guy there. I think he's going to get a lot of work in the, you know, passing game. So PPR and half PPR leagues just, uh, you know, immense value the next couple of weeks. You know, maybe it's just a week with a, a sprain MCL, but more likely two or three. So, uh, yeah, Eckler's just a great short term value.
0: Tags, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but I don't understand why they were playing him really at that point in the game when they were blowing out the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, no, we talked about that and the play he was injured on was stupid.
0: Uh they were up in that game big and uh it was a double reverse
1: on him, leaving him completely vulnerable to a hit like that. And um to see him go down, it's 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 upsetting, man. It it really sucks to see Melvin Gordon go down. He was having the best season of his career. He looked fantastic. It wasn't just the offense, it wasn't just the offensive line, it was everything, like all combined in one and he was just playing out of his mind. I I happen to think that it's going to be more of a timeshare than people think. Austin Eckler, because like if you go back to the week that uh, you know, Melvin Gordon missed in London, Austin Eckler didn't play very well against the Titans. And ever since that week, They've come back and they never wanted to give him a whole lot of touches. I think they realize the running back he is. He's he's more of a third down back that can handle a few carries on first and second down. I think Justin Jackson is going to be mixed in. I think he's probably going to see. I would actually say Justin Jackson might see more carries than Eckler. But the thing is that the uses in the passing game is what's very valuable to Eckler. So yes, he he should definitely be owned in every single league. And we're now at the point in the season where. It's rare you're going to find someone on the waiver wire. So, yeah, if you really want someone, you're going to spend your entire fab budget.
0: You know, Eckler's available in my big money league right now because it's only a 10-teamer. And I am wishing so bad that I had not spent 70 bucks to acquire Cameron Brate last week. Like, it worked out pretty well the first week and I needed a tight end. But, man, that really sucks when you've, you've finally got a chance to add an RB1
1: yeah for sure
0: that's why I hold on to it because stuff like this happens and then you get a league winner I think Austin Eckler could be a league winner we'll see what happens if they split the backfield tags any other news you want to talk about here um not
1: really the whole Melvin Gordon thing is just depressing it's like a dark cloud i mean, obviously AJ Green I don't know if he plays again this season you know we've talked about that in the show quite a bit uh and the fact that Uh, This team is just basically, I, I, I mean, I know they're still technically in contention, which is going to give them hope. But the fact that AJ Green hasn't played in a long time, they're going against Denver this week. I just,
0: I don't see it happening for AJ Green. We would talk about Canyon Drake. He injured his shoulder. We don't really have any news at the time we're recording this though. So keep an eye out on that one. Um obviously that would be a big blow to fantasy owners because he's looked really good lately. I guess we probably don't need to talk about Jacksonville firing their offensive coordinator. It's not like Blake Bortles is going to be let loose or anything like that. They're just a train wreck there.
1: Yeah, and to, I mean, Marlon Mack did suffer a concussion. That's something that we probably should mention uh, in that it's not something that we'll have news on today or even tomorrow or Wednesday. It's it's something that we're probably not going to hear about till later in the week. But again, they're playing against Jacksonville this week, so you should probably plan
0: to be uh, without Marlon Mack this week. So this is a good transition to talk about waiver wire because we're going to move on over to running back. And, uh, Pat, do you have Naheem Hines as your top pickup because of that injury?
2: I don't because it's still a possibility that Matt could be okay and could play this week. And even if he doesn't play this week, Jacksonville is not necessarily the best matchup. So, no, he is not atop my list. Uh, the guy atop my list is actually – and, uh, you know, I, I think there's a case for Justin Jackson – to be made. Like Tag said, it could be much closer to a 50-50 splits. And, uh, you know, Justin Jackson played right in my backyard at Northwestern. And, you know, he's good. And he also can catch passes too. It's not like he's, you know, like a one-dimensional early down thumper, whereas he and Eckler would have very clearly defined roles. I mean, Jackson could be used on every down too. But my number one this week is Burkhead. You know, just the fact that he is potentially a handcuff to two guys, you know, if, if either White or Sony Michelle were to go down, and we've seen Sonny Michel deal with a knee injury this season and miss time, uh, leave briefly on Sunday with a back injury, you know, Burkhead has potentially a lot of value if that backfield were to shrink down to two guys. And, um, you know, even, even as the third wheel, it's possible he could contribute. I mean, this is a guy who in 10 games last year for the Patriots was – over 500 yards from scrimmage and I think eight touchdowns. So, you know, and, and catches passes. So PPR and half PPR, he's got value there. Um, Yeah, he's atop my list this week.
0: Tags, who do you have as your number one running back? Is it LeGarrette Blunt? No, no, it's not.
1: No, to me, to
2: me, it is a one a
1: one b situation with Justin Jackson and Rex Burkhead. Burkhead was someone that popped up in my uh, weekend waiver wire uh, stashes because not many people realized that he went to IR, but he had he was able to return in week thirteen. So, knowing that the Patriots down the stretch they've been running the ball a lot, like the last couple of years, we've seen Tom Brady kind of disappear in the fantasy playoffs, and I think that's just because they get their run game going. It's that time of the year. The weather the weather often dictates that. Uh, knowing that Rob Gronkowski. May not be the same player he once was. Tom Brady, not the same player he once was. I talked about it a lot on the podcast last night uh, about Tom Brady and how he went from a guy that he set his wide receivers and tight ends up for success to a guy that's relying on his pass catchers to make plays for him. Uh He's not necessarily putting them in the best position, but rather, you know, hoping they win their one-on-one battles when he throws it up to him. Uh, even the touchdown to Gronk last week, it, I mean, he threw in a double coverage. Gronk just made a fantastic play. Uh So... I think they are going to lean on the run game a bit more. Rex Burkhead's going to be healthy coming in. Uh, James White probably needs a breather. Uh, he's playing more than he ever has in his career. Um, Sony Michelle, we almost saw bent in half last week. So it's just there's two running backs. So the roles that he can fill, and he's playing in a in an offense that's traditionally a top six scoring offense. So Rex Burkhead is an awesome acquisition. And honestly, if you wanted to say him over Justin Jackson, I have no issue. I just think Justin Jackson's probably going to get. You know 10 to 12 carries per game maybe a couple targets here and there. He's a guy that can hold up to a bigger workload and the Chargers with their defense playing a little bit better with Joey Bosa coming back. I think it's possible that they're going to rely on the run a lot more and you might see you know upwards of 15 carries a game for him not to say that it's a guarantee. But uh, that's why those guys are like 1A and 1B for me.
0: So how much fab would you spend on them? And do you have them over your top wide receiver? I do. Uh, well, no, I mean, I would not say that
1: they're over my top receiver, but uh, I it all depends on what your team needs, though. If you need a running back, obviously, these are the top ads. If you need a, a wide receiver, we'll talk about those guys. But... I'm at the point, like I said, this is the point in the season where it's like, if you want these guys, spend all your fab. I'm not going to hold on to it for weeks, uh, you know, 14, 15, 16, where it's like the guys that are potential league winners should be on your bench already. You should already have Spencer Ware. You should already have Malcolm Brown. Like these are guys
0: that... But if they're not, should you pick them up over Justin Jackson? Yes, I, I probably would. Okay, so you would you would put Spencer Ware as your number one waiver wire pickup? I would. You don't need to spend a hundred fab though. Yeah, him and Malcolm Brown, I'd probably put those guys atop the list. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pat, what do you think about that idea of having Ware or Brown ahead of these guys and how much fab would you spend on them and on Rex Burkhead?
2: I, I agree. I mean, if if you have those guys, you have to get them. And as far as whether I would rather have them than Burkhead or Jackson, I mean, it kind of depends. You know, do you need to win in week 13 to get into the playoffs? Then Jackson, I think, is your guy. and And maybe Jackson – and And this is kind of the reason I have Jackson behind Burkhead this week is because it's possible that it's a minor MCL sprain for Gordon and he only misses a week. Probably unlikely, probably misses two to three, but there's a chance that Justin Jackson just has a one week window here. Whereas uh, you know, Burkhead, if he is indeed activated and plays in week thirteen, he's going to be there the rest of the season and, you know, contributing immediately and then possibly, With, you know, if if there is an injury to White or um, Michelle, that's where he comes in as a possible, you know, league winner or at least a, uh, you know, turbo, (laughs) a turbo jet for you in the last weeks of the season. So, you know, it's always so hard to predict injury and yeah, where and Brown would be immensely valuable if one of those guys were to go down. But would I rather have that or would I rather have a guy who's going to be out there for sure and, you know, could Play an enhanced role, I think I'd rather bet on Burkhead over one of those handcuffs. Guys, I've got LeGarrette Blunt number one. I mean, he had
0: the, what, 18, 19 carries against Chicago. He had a big game. We know he's going to score some touchdowns because that's who he is. But if he's getting this kind of workload against the Cardinals and the Bills in the fantasy football playoffs, I want him on my team. But on Johnson's going to be back for that. Ah, uh, you think so? I don't know if that's going to happen. Carry on. They they said he's uh he's a, he has a chance to play this week. They do expect him to be out one more week. Why would they do that when they're not competing for the playoffs? They've got this young kid. Get him healthy. Every doctor's report I've said had said three weeks at the minimum, unless he's like just stupid and really tough. <laughs> he is tough. He was this playing... is a three or four week injury.
1: I don't, I don't, I'm not betting on LeGarrette Blunt. I will not hinge my fantasy season on LeGarrette Blunt. Refuse to do it. I know he scored two touchdowns last week. I get it. It was just like his first good game of the year uh, <laughs> against the Bears, which is really odd to say the least. But just admit it, man. I was right. Just admit it. No, I, I, no, you did not want to play him against the Bears. Nobody wanted nobody wanted to. Oh, yeah, of course not. But I I, I would I would be willing to make a wager on Legarrette Blunt not finishing as a top 24 running back for the rest of the season. Do you
0: know how many people called me an idiot on Twitter for telling them to pick up LeGarrette Blunt? Probably a lot. A ton. <laughs> people were so mad at me. Like, I don't think anyone has ever been so mad at me as they were when I told them to pick up LeGarrette Blunt. I had him in his top five pickup last week. I've still got him in the top five. And like I said, he's my number one running back. I'd spend probably 10 fab on him. Pat, do you like LeGarrett Blount
2: whatsoever? I do like him this week because I think they're probably not going to rush Kerry Johnson back. You know, they're, I have seen that possibility mentioned that he could be back as early as this week, but I think he's out at least one more week. And, uh, you know, even though the matchup isn't great against the Rams, I guess my reservation about him is I think the yardage upside is pretty limited and he's sort of TD dependent. And if the the touchdown isn't there, you're probably going to be disappointed with the overall result. But, uh, you know, if Burkhead has already been stashed by someone and if you don't have the fab ammo to go up and get Justin Jackson, like I would be content with Blount as a fallback choice if I needed someone to play running back for me this week. Theo definitely interests me for the same reason. Um, you know, especially in PPR, he's got that nice four to five reception floor for you every week. And, uh, you know, even though there's no real rushing potential there and, you know, they're going to be sort of low calorie catches where it's five catches for 36 yards or something. You know, there's at least a safe PPR floor for you there. So, um, you know, he's OK. And uh McGuire, I know. McGuire enthusiasts were hoping for a complete takeover of that backfield. Looks like that's not going to happen. It's going to be he and Crowell sharing it in equal measure. Um, you know, I don't mind him as a potential stash, although, you know, with the low scoring Jets, the upside's pretty limited. And you mentioned Naheem Hines, you know, also a guy worth grabbing, especially in PPR leagues with Max on certain status. Now, tags Theo Riddick right now, if you prorate his
0: receptions per game to a full season, He'd have 89 receptions. Where would you have him on this list? Is he ahead of Hines? Is he ahead of Blunt for you?
1: Yeah, he's definitely, definitely ahead of Heinz. Uh, Heinz is like down at number eight on my list where I I, I really don't want to own him. Uh, the matchup this week, even if Marlon Mack is out, the Jacksonville Jaguars have allowed just two teams all year, like teams of running backs to top more than I think 37 yards receiving. So they've been really good at defending that. The last time they played, Heinz didn't have much of a role there, uh, even though Mack wasn't getting much done on the ground. So I'm not really excited about him. Riddick is just over Blunt. And the thing is, I don't, and I, I should take back what I said about Blunt. I, I think he's worth a pickup. But I, he's not like – I don't prioritize him or anything like that. I don't think he's someone that I would feel the need to spend all my fab budget on. But if for whatever reason Bobby's right and they do decide to say carry on Johnson, you're not going to play – I mean, they're going to play the Rams this coming week, and I don't think that On Johnson plays this week. So is there an opportunity for them to, for him to score a garbage time touchdown? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where you're at with Blunt. You, you know that he's not going to rack up the yardage week over week. That's not going to happen because he's probably going to total maybe 10 carries against the Rams in a game. They're going to fall behind, but you're hoping for that goal line plunge. That's more than you could say about a lot of running backs. Um, and that's why I have Mahedal Elijah McGuire on my list. McGuire, it was disappointing to see him see so few of touches and it was a time. Share, but I think it was uh, what it was at nine to seven touches. So it's not like Crowell has like a, a firm grip on that leading job, but it's not an exciting offense that you want a part of. So I guess outside of Justin Jackson, Burkhead, Theo Riddick, LeGarrett Blunt, I really don't want to own any
0: of these guys because they're all just boring. Like that's, that's just how I feel. They're not going to be league winners. All right. Before we move on over to wide receiver, I wanted to ask you guys if these players are available in your league, Josh Adams, Gus Edwards, would they be number one on your list and would you spend your whole fab budget on them, Pat? You're first.
2: Yes. Which one would you prefer, Adams or or Edwards? I think Adams now because I don't know if Adams has, if Edwards has quite the same sort of uh, role in that offense if Joe Flacco comes back. You know, and maybe Flacco's back as early as this week. I tend to think, you know, uh, we shouldn't be too optimistic about a hip injury, but, um, I just don't know what the role is going to be. and Some great matchups coming up, though. Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. That's true. The remaining schedule is pretty uh, attractive. And now with, with Collins hurt, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's really close. But, um, you know, Adams, uh, I thought Adams looked better than Edwards yesterday. Like, I was paying close attention to both of those guys. And I thought Adams looked a little bit more like a legitimate NFL starting running back.
0: I think so as well. Tags, how do you feel about these two?
2: Yeah, I would rather have Edwards, and I'm
1: with you in the fact that I think Adams looks like the better running back. That's like for sure in my end. Like the thing is, Josh Adams was not someone that I liked in the in the draft process. I felt like he just he looked like he was a guy that played behind an awesome offensive line and got chunks of yardage. He didn't look particularly fast, but he looks like he's lost weight. He looks quicker. I, I do worry about him in this offense though. I, I, you know, the reason that I trusted him this past week against the Giants was because it was such a good matchup. He dinged up his shoulder in the, in the start of that game. Uh, that's why like he didn't get off to a big start, but then the second half, he obviously came back out and did well. So I think they're going to have him in that kind of Jay Ajayi role, but
0: that doesn't necessarily mean he's to... Gonna... He's better than Ajayi. When I watch him play, he's better, man.
1: I don't, I don't think I would say that uh i don't I'm not a huge j i e guy though so I don't think it's like i don't i don't think that there's like a difference maker between the two in terms of like i don't think there's like a, a large gap between the two so I won't say that but he didn't he wasn't using the passing game again, and that that's worrisome.
0: And they're not playing the Giants every week. Like we can't expect twenty two carries against the worst defense in football.
1: Their their schedule has Washington coming up. They're going to play Dallas. I'm guessing Sean Lee's gonna be back, so they'll have Sean Lee alongside a Leighton Van Der Esch. That run defense is pretty stout. They're gonna play the Rams after that. That's a game where it's probably gonna be a shootout. And if Josh Adams is not seeing targets in the passing game, I'm worried. And then Fantasy Championship Week, they're playing the Texans, a team who has been really, really good against running backs. So me personally, I I'll go with Edwards, knowing his schedule, knowing that I don't think that the Ravens are going back to Joe Flacco. I think they're going to use the hip as a reason to not put him back in the lineup, as long as Lamar Jackson doesn't lose games. like If he's the reason they lose games, they'll go back to Flacco. But I think that they're going to use this hip injury as a reason to say, you know, we're just going to play it safe with Joe. He's not 100%, so we're going to stick with Lamar. And I think that this is what they're doing because they've now won two games in a row
0: and um they need to keep they need to keep winning. I think they have a better chance to win with Flacco than they do Lamar Jackson. Not
1: with the way Flacco was playing before the bye. Uh he didn't look very good. Yeah. I mean, he was obviously banged up before. Like if he's healthy, I'd rather have Flacco. I I mean, I would tend to agree with you. They've played the Bengals and the, the Raiders the last two weeks, and Lamar Jackson hasn't looked good. Like, I I, I mentioned this on the podcast last night, and uh, so I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch that whole game, but I watched a lot of it, and Lamar Jackson threw some ducks, like some really bad ones. Like, John Brown doesn't look interested, like, and that's weird um like it was just a weird game uh they're not going to be able to do what they want against all these teams coming up on the schedule I know they have a relatively easier schedule but I think they're going to run the ball an awful lot so yeah, I'm going to go
0: with Edwards here I think Adams he reminds me a lot of Eddie Lacey like the the pre super fat Eddie Lacey which was a good NFL running back I think Adams can be good my concern with him is his coach is Peterson And the schedule for Edwards is so great. I'd rather have Edwards, and I would definitely have Edwards and Adams number one and number two, and it's not even close if they're available. All right, guys, on over to wide receiver. But first, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's show, Lisa Mattresses. Guys, a quality night's sleep helps you recover from distractions faster, prevents burnouts, make better decisions, improve your memory, overall, just make fewer mistakes. It's not marketing, it's just science. To design a better mattress, Lisa leveraged 30 plus years of experience and hundreds of hours of testing to develop the perfect mattress for all body shapes and sleeping styles. Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody. And through their 110 program, they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell. That's 26,000 mattresses and counting, and Lisa strives to leave the world a better place than they found it, but it doesn't just stop with mattress donations. Together with the Arbor Day Foundation, Lisa plants one tree for every mattress they sell, and they're committed to planting one million trees by 2025. Don't miss these fall savings. Get $160 off Lisa mattresses at lisa.com slash fantasy pros. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash fantasy pros. All right, guys, let's talk about some wide receivers, and uh, there are like 10 of them. Who are all just about the same. I can't really find any, uh,
2: any way to separate them. Pat, do you have a way to dis- uh, distinguish who's the number one? I found the same thing, although there is a clear number one for me, and then that's where it gets confusing starting with number two. But for me, number one would be Josh Reynolds, who's still, uh, 42.5%. Available and I'm I'm kind of surprised that number is that high. But uh, as a guy who plugs right into such a potent passing game, and you know w- we saw what he did against the Chiefs, uh, having a very you know productive game right before the bye, You know I, I think he's a guy you can you know play confidently, stick him right in your starting lineup, and uh, you know be happy with what you're going to get.
0: Tags. I think most people are going to go and pick up Mike Williams as their top pickup. I've got him down at number nine. Do you have him that low as well? I have Williams at seven, but I understand
1: why people want to move him up. And I have him higher than I kind of wanted to. Like, I might move him up a little bit more um, just because, like, the Melvin Gordon injury is going to mean more red zone opportunities for Mike Williams. And it's going to mean more opportunities for the passing game because the run game isn't going to be as efficient without Melvin Gordon. Um, but my number one receiver, you guys haven't even mentioned him yet. It's Adam Humphreys.
0: Yeah, that's what I was guessing you were going to say. Yeah,
1: he's – um. I had a stat on Twitter last week that I mentioned he – uh ever since week six, like the start of week six, he has scored the 13th most PPR points among wide receivers. He's been continually getting it done, and now there's another reason that you should like him even more with Jameis Winston because Winston now has to care – now Winston is under a microscope, and he's not going to throw balls into his title windows. He's not going to take as many dumb chances. And Adam is playing in the slot. Those receivers tend to get more separation than the perimeter-wide receivers do, so he's going to see more targets. He's also got a matchup against the Panthers this week, a team that he crushed for, I think it was seven catches, 82 yards, and two touchdowns uh in Week 9. Like, it's a great matchup for him. He's been playing fantastic with O.J. Howard out. It clears some of those targets over the middle of the field, so... Adam Humphreys is my clear-cut number one. I think he comes with a floor. He's obviously shown somewhat of a ceiling. Josh Reynolds is is interesting. I don't want to take too much away from the one game against Kansas City because that game produced 105 points, I think that was correct, Uh 54, 51. So I think everybody went bananas in that game. So I don't want to take too much from Josh Reynolds, but I, I do have him as a top three wide receiver. Uh Him and Kiki QT are kind of like interchangeable for me. It depends on what you want. QT's got a higher floor. Seemingly week over week, whereas Reynolds has the higher ceiling. So it depends on what you're looking for, but I think Reynolds definitely should be owned in every league because if something were to happen to Robert Woods or, or Brennan Cooks, Josh Reynolds is like a, you know, a top 20 play every single week. So I like Reynolds. I just, I don't want to be duped into buying him off that massive game because he was playing for Cooper Cup a little bit. I don't want to say for Cooper Cup because his role is different because they're sliding Robert Woods into the slot and he's playing the Robert Woods role and he had a few stinkers in there even when he was playing a bigger role so I just think he's going to be a little bit hit or miss in his production where it's like Humphreys and he's someone that I think I can rely on every single week for like borderline wide receiver three production.
2: I will say the volume for Reynolds was not there when Cup missed two games earlier in the season but He did have two TD catches in one of those games, and I remember that one well because it was against my Packers. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, I I like Humphreys too, but, um, you know, I, I think there's a bit of a yardage ceiling there. You know, he's been steadily around 50, 60, 70 yards a game. But, you know, he was kind of doing that earlier in the season and no one was especially interested until he started scoring touchdowns, you know, and he's had... That's what Robert
0: Woods does, though, too. And he just gets it done. Like, Robert Woods was this guy last year where we were talking about him. And it's like, well, why would we pick up Robert Woods? Like, he's just kind of boring. But he kept being boring good for a long time. So I'm not saying Humphreys is Woods, but you look at his yardage. Since week six, he's got more yards than T.Y. Hilton, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, uh Calvin Ridley, Alshon Jeffrey, tons of very good players. Yeah,
2: it's it's interesting that with Tampa, it's Evans and Humphreys and you know even the tight ends who have been the steady guys and it's been Godwin and Deshaun Jackson who sort of ebb and flow and have these games where they disappear or they have some really big games and you know while well, I guess, you know, that that could continue with Humphreys. Like I'm still a little worried about the fact that there are like five real viable pass catchers in that offense Humphreys has as many touchdowns in that time as Odell Beckham and
0: Michael Thomas what is going on here <laughs> wow I see I've got him number two behind Josh Reynolds I've got those guys one and two just like you guys but I'm thinking about moving him up now he's been playing some really good football mm-hmm. who do you who do you have you mentioned Kiki QT Pat who do you
2: have number three I've got Anthony Miller uh tags boy so I you know, just think the guy is very legitimate. And I know that with Alan Robinson healthy again, that, you know, maybe that technically should scare us off Miller a little bit. But, I mean, really, he seems like he's been at least as involved, if not more involved, since Robinson came back. Um, you know, I just I've, – I've liked this guy a lot since he uh, was drafted and, you know, played well in the preseason. I mean, he just totally looks the part. And, uh, you know, I feel – Pretty decent about him as a, a fill in, although honestly it was kind of a tough call between him and Curtis Samuel, who, uh even though the the weekly usage is not like real appealing, it's only like three or four touches a week. But man, he does a lot with those three or four touches. He's a machine, isn't he? I love Curtis Samuel. If you, if you say tag Anthony Miller's tags guy, Curtis Samuel's mine. Yeah, he's just such an explosive player. And, you know, with funches having this this Back injury that he may or may not return from soon. The very attractive schedule going forward for Samuel, too. So it was kind of a toss-up between Miller and Samuel for me. I've got Samuel at number
0: six. My number three is QT. I've got Muhammad Sanu at number four, Anthony Miller at five. Tags, what's the rest of your top five look like?
1: So, I, I, I want to talk about Curtis Samuel just a minute longer because, like, I, so my concern here, like, I understand why you'd want to pick him up. I think he's a baller. Like, I think the kid can play. Uh, Cam Newton, when targeting him, it's, is it has a 121 quarterback rating. DJ Mora, 130.9. Devin Funch just a 95.3. I don't know if Devin Funches is coming back, um, but if he does, that's really worrisome because Curtis Samuel hadn't played more than 26 snaps in any game up until this week. But now, with Funches out, he played 54 of 59 snaps. The offense moved better. Like, I have no idea how the Panthers lost this game, to be honest with you. Like Cam Newton played a phenomenal game. Um, Christian McCaffrey played well. DJ Moore. Everybody played well, except there was that one turnover in the red zone that Cam had. It's just their defense hasn't been able to stop anybody, and now Dante Jackson's hurt. But... Do you think that if Funches comes back, can you ever start Curtis Samuel like confidently?
0: That's that's the problem. Yeah, I I don't I don't think you can. But the guys below him, D.D. Westbrook, John Ross, David Moore, Mike Williams, I can't start any of those guys confidently. I'm I'm taking the lottery ticket with Curtis Samuel every week. So my
1: order that I have after the top three, I have Mohammed Sanu there because I still think that he should be owned in most leagues. He's like another high floor guy. I don't think he's gonna He's the number two, it's not Ridley. It's it's de- depending on matchup, they've done a really good job in Atlanta kind of like attacking the weaknesses. But Anthony Miller's there. Um Miller has seen target regression. Like his targets have come down since Allen Robinson came back into the lineup. There is gonna be some more higher volume games coming soon soon though against the Rams. Um there's some there's some matchups for sure. John Ross, he's getting targets. I understand that they're very volatile and like they're not very, you know, it's not very efficient in terms of like his catch percentage, but he's scoring touchdowns. He's being used in the red zone. He's a good receiver. He's playing every snap. Mike Williams now with, uh, you know, with Melvin Gordon's injury, that does increase his appeal knowing that Tyrell Williams didn't play much at all this week. I think he played nine snaps. You have David Moore who's playing at an awesome, awesome level. Like I know Tyler Lockett is technically the one, but David Moore's not that far behind
0: in terms of production, in terms of his target share, all that stuff. I wish he was on a different offense. I would love to see David Moore playing an offense where they pass the ball more than 25 times a game.
1: He's looked fantastic. He's he's like a big surprise. And if you have him in dynasty, congrats because I think he's going to be a player. Um but you have Antonio Callaway who's playing with Baker Mayfield who all of a sudden Baker is like looking like the quarterback we all thought he was. And the thing is, Baker's stats they were we've talked about in the show for, you know, over a month. Even when his stats weren't there, Baker was showing potential. Like there were, like he was making big boy throws. Like he was just learning the speed of the game, understanding the, the closing speed of the defenders. And like he's getting a grip on it and everything is clicking now. Antonio Callaway is, I don't say, he's not someone that I would want to start every week, but of the guys, like you guys would take Samuel over David Moore or John Ross, like those
2: guys? Yeah, I would. Over Ross, uh, yeah. I mean, I have, I have more right behind those guys, but definitely over Ross. I mean, Ross has a, a catch rate of like 38%. He's just, it's just these short touchdowns that have saved him from having just another disastrous season. I've even got DD Westbrook ahead of John Ross. They've had
1: some bad matchups though, in terms of Cincy. Like, without AJ Green, like, they've had, like, he played Baltimore and New Orleans. Like, he was seeing top coverage. Like, New Orleans has played better. Baltimore has obviously been a brutal matchup for wide receivers. So, I don't want to take too much away from that. They're playing Cleveland, Denver, and the Chargers, so it's not like a great schedule upcoming either. So, I mean, I guess you could make the case there. Um, but David Moore, though?
2: Oh, I'm with you on David Moore. I love the guy, and I'm with uh, exactly what Bobby said. You wish they passed more. Like, for me, Moore and Sanu are, you know, they're both tied to real good quarterbacks, and while... The Falcons obviously throw a lot more than the Seahawks do. I have more ranked ahead of Sanu just because I think Sanu's just a guy and Moore is a potentially, you know, I don't know about special player, but potentially very good above average player.
0: Yeah, Samuel's kind of the same way. Like, you wish he wasn't wasted in this offense. But then I remember what happened with Torrey Smith, right? Torrey Smith played every single game. He was getting 70% of snaps. And then DJ Moore got in there. Torrey Smith is nowhere to be found. I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happens with Funches and Curtis Samuel just becomes the starter from now on. He should. I, I, he should. Everyone in Carolina is begging for it. They've been begging for it all year. They know what they have in this kid. Him and DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, those are three electric playmakers. Carolina's going to be dangerous next year. They, could, they should be dangerous now. That defense is just playing terrible.
2: Yeah, they need a secondary. Yeah, think about the sea change that they have had going from these guys wanting to have the big-bodied guys who could, you know, oh, because Cam throws the ball off. Yeah, Funches and Benjamin, yes. (laughs) Yeah, because Cam Cam throws the ball off target every once in a while. So, oh, we should have big 6'5 receivers who can, you know, pluck the the ball outside the frame of their bodies. So, yeah, Benjamin and Funches, and now they've got McCaffrey and Samuel and DJ Moore and just guys who are so good with the ball in their hands.
0: You could put – any three of them returning a kickoff and you wouldn't be surprised if they take it to the house. All three of those guys can make big plays.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is like the, that that's why they they're perfect. It's like Cam Newton has a, a career high in completion percentage and it's because their the offense is catered to like the players they have in it. It's refreshing. It's like like it's, it's actually fun watching the Panthers offense right now and it's hard to defend and that's why Christian McCaffrey, I've admitted that, like, I'm, I'm, I've lost that bad Bobby. <laughs> like, Christian McCaffrey is the workhorse there. He's getting those touches. He's delivering on those touches. The offense just, there's too many weapons there to defend and McCaffrey is kind of like, they forgot about him. Like, the receiving touchdown he had yesterday was stupid. Like, he was just wide open in the flat. They just, like, they just
0: don't, they can't defend everybody that's on the field with all the speed they have. You know, I don't think the bet's necessarily over. You could still get like five touchdowns a week from (laughs) Mixon. Any other wide receivers you guys want to talk about that are less than 50% owned? Josh Doxson, Dante Pettis,
2: anyone interest you, Pat? Well, I don't know about you guys, but in, uh, you know, we're in some of these industry leagues and they tend to go a little deeper and have bigger starting lineups than some other leagues. And in the leagues that are really deep where the waiver wire is just complete tumbleweeds every week, I picked up Trey Quinn in a couple of leagues. I thought you were saying Trey Quinn. I was like, dude, that's not how you pronounce it. (laughs) Trey Quinn, like, I feel a little bit better about these Washington receivers with Colt McCoy in there because I think we saw it on Thanksgiving Day that Colt McCoy is a little bit more aggressive about throwing downfield, and, you know, that did result in a few turnovers. But, um, you know, I think it also makes the receivers a little more viable. You know, Quinn looks like, what they thought they were going to get out of Crowder this year. So um I don't mind him, especially in PPR leagues. I, I don't think he's a big playmaker or anything. And, you know, Doxon's horribly efficient, but, you know, he did have 10 targets on Thursday and uh, 14, 16 team leagues. Maybe those guys are, are possible pickups.
0: I've got Doxon as my top out of that group. Tags, which would you go with if you need a deep pickup? Yeah, Doxson is definitely
1: there. I think Dontrell Inman is someone you should pay attention to. Um, You could wait until after this week, though, because I don't think anybody's picking him up against the Jags. But Dontrell Inman has taken over as the number two receiver in that Colts offense. So if you remember earlier in the season when Ryan Grant, we could like play him here and there in a good matchup. I think Dontrell Inman is someone that I have in like a few deep leagues, like really deep dynasty leagues, um, where we start like seven wide receivers, and uh, I uh, Dontrell Inman has been starting for me as of late, so I'm pretty uh, excited about him like emerging in that offense. So I've been paying close attention. Dante Perez is interesting because he's always been a player, and I think I was always wondering why the 49ers weren't using him more. Um, but the reason he was on the field this past week was because Pierre Garcon was out and Marquise Goodwin was out, so it freed up. You know, they needed a wide receiver on the field. They needed a body. Can he be trusted going forward? I don't know. I don't even think we know who the quarterback is going forward because I don't think Shanahan uh, said that Mullins will start next week. So I don't, I don't know. So Pettis is
0: definitely behind Doxson and Pettis and Inman in that territory. That's those are
1: like the next guys.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. Jermaine Curse probably needs mention because he had 12 targets again. Though it's the Jets' offense, so
1: yeah, that guy's so bad. I hate watching him play football.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, he's not.
1: And when I say so, I, I just want to clarify something real quick, because like I, there's there's always someone who will say uh, you say he's bad, but he's plays in the NFL. All of these guys are great. Well, yeah, they're all great at what they do. But what we do is we compare them to the people that are in their profession. OK, so like if you go to a, an accountant, right, that sucks like it doesn't he's better than you. Yeah, he's a professional accountant. He's good. At- yes, he's a professional accountant. Doesn't mean he's a good one. You can get audited because he sucks at his job. Jermaine <laughs> Kerr sucks at his job in the NFL. That's my point. And I'm, I'm so tired of seeing Quincy Inunua go to waste in that offense. I cannot wait till the Jets have a new offensive coordinator next year, a new head coach, because I believe that that offense, I think Sam Darnold's better than people think.
0: Hugh Jackson, baby.
1: They need an offensive line, though. They need to, to upgrade that. But Chris Herndon, uh, Quincy Inunua, Robbie Anderson, like that
0: team has... Some pieces to it yeah those are a couple wide receiver threes and backup tight ends (laughs) In fantasy they are I I think they need a complete overhaul man that team is bad Dan Harris is listening to this podcast and he's like we need all new pieces just completely change the roster because they they have not they don't have any single one player who I think is going to help them win a Super Bowl down the road I think Sam Darnold
1: can be a franchise quarterback I'm I'm still I'm still sticking with that I think I think he'll be fine oh I don't think so
0: man he is so far away. All right, guys. Three wide receivers who are owned in more than 50% of leagues, but they might be available in yours. Traquan Smith, a lot of people dropped him uh, because he was out this week, even after the huge week. Cortland Sutton, Marquise Valdez, Scantling. So, Pat, if these three are available, would any of them be a number one? Sutton for me. Me too. Why? Oh,
1: Bad week this past week. Can you, guys say, can you guys please tell me why? Do you guys know that Cortland Sutton doesn't have more than three catches in any one game this year?
2: Oh, I know, but he, like, the catches are impact catches. I mean, he was going against Casey Hayward a couple of weeks ago and had three catches for, like, 90 yards. And the the
0: schedule coming up, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Cleveland, Oakland in the championship week.
2: I'm starting him in all those
0: games. <sighs> I don't trust Casey. And, and
2: plus, the target, you know, we can't, I don't think you can look at that when Demarius Thomas was still in the offense, and now it's a little bit of a different story. Yes, Emmanuel Sanders is clearly the alpha guy there but you know it's a much skinnier usage tree now in Denver with just Sanders Sutton is really the only pass catchers and then you know the backs that's about it. Tags I'm
0: assuming you're going to say MVS Um, but would you start him against Arizona in week 13 Chicago in week 15? If so if uh Randall Cobb is out, yes, I think that Valdez
1: Scantling is one of the like guys that you could play in D F S this week and like he's gonna like in tournaments and he's gonna be like, you know, two percent owned because nobody wants him. Um and everybody thinks that Aaron Rodgers forgot about him. But I, I wrote about it in the primer last week that I don't know what it was another week where people were gonna be disappointed with his performance. It just didn't match up well going into Minnesota. But, you know, against Arizona a team that had Buda Baker covering the slot who's been terrible and then like now they have Jamar Taylor covering the slot uh, a cast off from the Browns like th- they're really struggling with the slot they have the perimeter locked down with Patrick Peterson Peterson's going to follow Devonte Adams around they do play a lot of zone but he's still going to be on his side of the field so I think that MVS could make a, a reappearance in fantasy football this week he's the one I would want he's still the number two option for Aaron Rodgers as far as I'm concerned no
0: love for Traquan 13 targets, 10 receptions, 157.
1: It was, it was very game script dependent. It was very, uh, a g- like the game plan just called for that. And it's not to say Traquan's like a perfect guy. It's like, if you're just looking for a home run, toss him in your lineup, but do not, do not rely on consistent production
0: from him. Week 14. If you need a wide receiver who's going to help you win in the first round of the playoffs, week 14. Traquan Smith faced Tampa Bay. Mm. You know, we've been getting a lot of questions tags about, uh, we, we don't get all that many questions about DST, but so many questions lately about DST in the playoffs. Is there any team that you just love for weeks 14 through 16?
2: Denver, I've been recommending to a lot of people if they aren't owned. Next four weeks are Bengals, 49ers, Browns, who aren't necessarily a great matchup, but um, and then Raiders in week 16. I really like Tennessee if
0: they're available. They're 23% owned, so you can probably go out and scoop them up. They get the Jets the Jaguars, they get the New York Giants, and Washington in Week 16. Those are four very good matchups. And this is a good defense, too. They don't force all that many turnovers. They don't have a touchdown yet, so they're not ranked as high. But if you look at the points allowed, they've given up more than 23 points twice this season. They've got 23 sacks. This team can play some football. Yeah, those those are probably the
1: two defenses that I would recommend, too. Like like hearing the schedules and just that, because like I—, I Come being completely transparent with you guys. I, I try and focus on the task at hand and like week to week. Like I, I wish I had more time to look ahead at the schedule and say which playoff matchups I really like loved, but it's just like with everything going on throughout every single week, we have other writers in the staff that I know have put together things on the website that have put up like rest of the season outlooks in terms of matchups, but I, I just pulled up Denver and I pulled up Tennessee and both of those guys. I think I'd probably prefer Denver just because their pass rush is just
0: insane. Um, but Tennessee is a good backup option for sure. Yeah. Past, uh, since week six, they've got 22 sacks since week six. That's in six games. Guys, that's, that's cruising. All right. And defense, uh, special team streamers for this week. Then we'll go on over to quarterback and tight end to close out the show. Maybe some fact or fiction at the end. Tags, do you have a week 13 defense that you like?
1: I do. Uh, the, the defense that I think I'm going to rely on is actually one we just talked about: is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans have been a solid defense all year long, um, as you mentioned. So they've allowed 21 or less points in seven of 10 games. That number might be, you know, eight of 11 games. Uh, this coming after, after tonight's game. But they're gonna be playing at home. I usually look for a home defense when my streamer is the Jets. They've allowed the fourth most fantasy points to opposing defenses this year. And they've done it in a variety of ways. Uh, they've allowed, uh, two plus sacks in nine of eleven games, including seven sacks, uh, in weeks ten and eleven. So it's just like, we don't know if Sam Darnold's coming back. And if he does come back, it's not like he's not prone to turning the ball over. Josh McCown is more willing to throw the ball up and kinda take chances. So, I think the Titans' defense are one, and if you're looking for another one, the Chiefs aren't a bad option either. And I'd never thought I'd say the Chiefs are a good streaming defense, but I think they are this week.
0: I've got one that I like more than that. I'm going to let you go first, though, Pat, so I don't steal them in case that's who you're going with.
2: All right. Well, I was I was going to mention two for widely available streamers, and one was, as tags mentioned, the Chiefs, and uh, you know they're they're at the Raiders and probably noteworthy that on Derek Carr's last throw I mean he's kind of been seeing ghosts in the pocket all season well he did hang in there and really got crunched at the end and was kind of limping off the field so now I would not be surprised if he uh unloaded the ball really quickly this coming week and uh had a rough week and maybe threw an interception or two but the other one yes things are kind of dark for this team but my Packers that's what I'm going with (laughs) <laughs> getting the Cardinals at home in what's probably going to be some, you know, cold, nasty weather in Green Bay. And, uh, you know, Josh Rosen, there might be hope for him long term, but, um, you know, he's he's looked out of sorts recently. And, um, you know, the, the Cardinals offense just couldn't get anything going at all against the Chargers yesterday. So, yeah, I, I think Green Bay looks pretty good. And the defense has played pretty well. I mean, they've got some... Some playmakers in the secondary for a while, Jair Alexander. Oh, he is awesome, isn't he? I love that guy. To get him in the first round and pick up an extra first round draft pick out of that was uh, some shrewd maneuvering. You know, Tags, remember when I made the
0: joke, um, you were really hoping that Khalil Mack would end up with your, your Chicago Bears? And it was the preseason, and I told you on the podcast, breaking news, Khalil Mack traded to the Green Bay Packers, and you, uh, you kind of panicked. Well, it turns out the Packers don't need Khalil Mack because they've got more sacks this year than Chicago Bears. Yeah, the uh Packers, I want to say they have the highest sack
1: percentage in the NFL right now. Yes. Now, I, I'd be shocked to find that. Out. They've got
0: 36 sacks.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, <laughs> they they have done a good job of getting after the passer. I'm worried about Nick Perry and uh, Mike Daniels not playing, though, Um, like in terms of like that front seven. I don't like can Tremont Williams cover Larry Fitzgerald this week? And, cause Trevon Williams has really struggled in the slot. I don't think he's meant to be a slot cornerback where they've moved him. Um, J.R. Alexander's really good. He should remove Christian Kirk. I don't think that the pack, I think the Packers are a good play. I'm just trying to throw out some, some concerns about the Packers defense. Like, are you worried about them with Larry
2: Fitzgerald, like, over the middle of the field? Larry Fitzgerald loves to eat up Packers secondary. I mean, that's an interesting matchup because Larry Fitzgerald and Tyrell play together, teammates. Traymon Williams have about like seventy five years between yeah. them. I mean, that's. Uh, I think Traymon is actually older than Larry Fitz. So, um, but you know, Traymond did. I, I think he had one of the highest PFF uh, grades for slot coverage last year. So, like, I am not really worried about him getting chewed up by Fitzgerald. I mean, Fitzgerald is not really not having the same caliber of year that he had last year. And, you know, I don't know if he's out of gas or what. But, you know, and, and as for the pass rush, it's been really fierce. And I'm not too worried about Perry being gone because he was kind of a perennial disappointment anyway. And, uh, Tags, while well, the Bears have Mac, the Packers have the FAC, Kyler Fackroff. So, uh, he's, he's our very, very poor man's Khalil Mack. So, uh...
0: <laughs> Guys, we were going to go, uh... Quarterback and then tight end to end the show, but I want to go tight end first because I don't want to end on a depressing note. Tight ends are so disgusting. Like if you have to pick someone up, you're looking at Jonu Smith, Ryan Griffin. What do we do, tags? It's it's ugly, man. I um I crawl up in a corner and just cry.
1: I I don't know. It, it's <laughs> just tough. quit your league, I guess. I don't. CJ Uzama. I think he's probably the one that you kind of have to go to. I mean, he he's. What did he see, 13 targets this past week? 39 yards. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's it's not great. It's not pretty at all. But I, I think that that's probably the best matchup, too, against Denver. I mean, if they've struggled anywhere that against tight ends, they've really struggled. And Jeff Driscoll didn't show. I mean, I don't know if he's getting the start over Andy Dalton this week. I'm not sure.
0: But, I mean, it's ugly, man. It is so bad. But uh, he'd be my preferred one, I think. All right, guys, let's go quarterback streamers here. Lamar Jackson's looking good against Atlanta, but Dak Prescott faced the Saints Pat, which one do you prefer?
2: I think I would go with Lamar again. Um, you know, even though Dak has been very usable and I wouldn't feel bad if, if he was available and I had to grab him, but, uh, you know, just Lamar with the explosive running ability. Didn't get the yardage he got uh, in his first start yesterday, but he did get the rushing touchdown. So it just seems like you're going to get that floor of like seven, eight rushing points a week and, and possibly even room for much more than that. Yeah, the passing numbers are going to maybe bring the ceiling down a little bit because he's probably going to get like 200 yards on his best day, even against the Falcons defense. But um, I feel just a little bit better about him than I do about Dak. Obviously, we've got Jameis
0: Winston here. We should probably talk about him going up against Carolina. Now, he's owned in more than 50 percent of leagues, but tags if he's available, I'm assuming you would prefer Winston over Jackson and Prescott.
1: Oh, yeah, Jameis Winston, like, he's gonna, I'm probably gonna, I don't know if he'll be top five. I had him number four this past week, but, uh, I'll probably have him as a top eight quarterback this week, so he's, he's definitely a start. I'd, I'd play him over Jackson, yes. Atlanta's been playing a little bit better on defense lately. They have struggled against two mobile quarterbacks, though, so that's worth noting. I also think Case Keenum is a decent streamer this week, and I, I'm, I'm always against Case Keenum because I don't think he's very good, but, um, against the Bengals, like, they're a team that, they have allowed 10 of 11 quarterbacks to finish as the QB 13 or better. So there's only been one quarterback who didn't, and that was Ryan Tannehill back in week five when he was playing through that shoulder injury. So. Yeah, passed the ball like 15 times. Yeah. yeah. So Case Keenum at Cincinnati, I don't think that that's a bad play either. Uh, I, I might actually prefer him over Dak.
0: Wow. Okay. I've got Dak ahead of him, but yeah, Keenum is a good pickup. So if you're desperate, you would go Keenum, but let's say Keenum is scooped up. Who are you looking at? Is it, um, Colt McCoy at Philly like that secondary is just Derek Carr face Kansas City
1: no with with Carr banged up like I'm talking two QB leagues he just doesn't have any to throw
0: to you I can't I would I would rather have play, I'd rather I think I'd rather play Colt McCoy I think so as well all right guys we do have a little bit of time for factor fiction so let's move on over to it here's my question factor fiction is Baker Mayfield a top 10 quarterback already in the NFL
2: Pat you're first not right now I would say no but um I can't wait to see where he's going to be drafted and what his ADP is going to be early next year. I mean, I I think it's going to be pushing top 12. I I don't think he quite makes the top 10 this year, though.
0: Tags, what do you think? He's been playing so well, man. 11 touchdowns, two interceptions in the past four games. Because when I think about quarterbacks, I think about, like, projecting them over their career and, like, the the
1: arc that they're going to have, and Baker has... I mean, he's caught on already, but I I might be with Pat here and say that I don't know if he's already there, like if he's already top 10 because he's still learning the NFL, but it's close, man. Like I have him as a, I, I definitely have him as a top 10 dynasty quarterback in my rankings. I've had him there for a long time. Baker, he's, he's always, he's always a guy that I was waiting for like to happen. It just rarely happens this fast for a quarterback in the NFL. So to know that he's already getting it and he doesn't even have a true number one receiver, like. It's scary to think what this team could accomplish because his offensive line, they have played better as of late, but they're not a great offensive line. He doesn't have a, a sturdy left tackle right now. He doesn't have the number one receiver. David Njoku's been dealing with some injuries. Jarvis Landry's been extremely inefficient. Antonio Callaway has dealt with drops all season long. So you, you look at all this stuff and you're like, wow, like, like what is the ceiling
0: for Baker Mayfield? And I think it's very high. If you're an NFL team and you had to pick one player for next year, would you rather have Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield tags? <laughs> I mean, if they're both playing for the same coach, I'll take Baker. Yep, me too. What do you think, Pat? Oh man, our content manager is gonna be so mad at you for saying that. Tags? I just agreed <laughs> with you. I I wasn't the one who said it. No, I am just saying, like I, obviously, like the, the coaching matters and the offensive scheme
1: matters. But if I am talking about a quarterback and what he can do, Baker offers similar mobility to what Carson Wentz can do. Um, they could both throw on the move. Uh, Baker has better accuracy. Uh, like I, I, the thing is, is just like I am looking at all these things. He has just as good arm strength. There's just not much that
0: Baker can't do that that Wentz does. Yeah, sorry for interrupting you, Pat Woody. You...
2: No, no, that's okay. I I honestly do not know how to separate those guys. I'm a big Wentz fan too, and I I don't think I like Wentz too. You've got to be, yeah, yeah. And I don't think we've seen his, uh, you know, his A game this year, and it's still been pretty good, even with the uh, B game. So, but man, I, you know, I do love Baker too, and and. Boy, it, it looks so funny in hindsight now, the preseason speculation. I should say that, oh, maybe this is just going to be a redshirt season for Baker and Tyrod Taylor's going to play, you know, up till uh, week 15 or whatever. And maybe they'll give Baker a couple uh, cameo starts at the end of the season. I mean, that's there was no way that Tyrod was ever going to hold off Baker beyond September so um yeah he's he's the real deal and and browns fans good for them that they've got this to get excited about
0: this one is really tough for me because uh, i i just don't know what the patriots are ever going to do fact or fiction sony michelle is going to be the clear-cut number one running back for the patriots next season
2: oh that's fact yeah i say fact too
0: they've got they've got james white and rex burkhead that doesn't
2: scare you guys Nope. It does. I mean, I I think it means that he's going to be less of a usage monster than you know a, a dozen other backs in the NFL. But I still think he's going to be the number one for them.
0: I love Sony Michelle. I want to think this is true, but I don't know if I can trust it.
1: I I, I don't think that Tom.
0: Like I, I don't. I'm not going to draft Sony Michelle next year if he's going in the third round. I'm just saying that now.
1: I don't think Tom. I don't think Tom Brady plays next year. I'm standing by that.
0: So that's why I'm saying I think Sonny Michelle is the guy. Who's their quarterback? In a, like, if you're the Patriots, are you going to go pick up one of these veterans, or are you going to go draft a guy and start him as a rookie? Uh, they're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> like Brian Hoyer. Is Brian Hoyer going to be the starting quarterback for the Patriots?
1: No, he's he will not be the starting quarterback. That's not going to happen. But they might go out and get like a Bridgewater or something like that. I don't know. I, it's hard to say what they're going to do. But I think this is Bridgewater a free agent yeah he was he was um he was only a one year deal The Saints he went to them on a trade obviously, but he was only on a one year deal so Pat, what are you thinking?
0: I'm putting you on the spot? Who's going to be the quarterback for the Patriots next year?
2: If I had to put money on anything i'd say I'd say it's better than fifty fifty Brady does play one more year i mean we'll we'll see if they win the championship i I think he'll just call it quits but um you know i I do think there's a decent possibility he comes back for one more vector fiction.
1: As we head into 2019 fantasy drafts, Amari Cooper will be drafted as a top 20 receiver once again.
0: Top 20, man. I'm thinking maybe top 12.
2: <laughs> yes. Where are you at with it, Pat? I say facts, and uh, it's a good moment to be an Amari Cooper truth. It is, and right, uh, <laughs> yes, it is. I, I was, I was feeling pretty bad about it, especially after you know paying a decent amount for him in an auction league this year, but. Um, you know, I'm I'm feeling a little vindication these days, and it seems like he's a pretty good fit for the Cowboys. And, uh, you know, it's a good situation right now with him as the clear alpha guy there. Maybe Michael Gallup starts, you know, stepping up into more of a legitimate number two role next year. But, um, yeah, I really like the way things are headed for Cooper. And definitely inside the top 20. All right, guys, last one. Fact or fiction? Eric
0: Ebron will continue to defy all odds and continue scoring touchdowns, even though he is the third
2: string tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. Well, I think it's fiction, Bobby, that he's third string because I think he actually outsnapped Jack Doyle. <laughs> yep, I I tweeted it this morning
1: that he outsnapped Jack Doyle forty nine to thirty nine last week, and it, he saw seven targets. That's going to cover up a lot of the the, the projected regression that everybody was expecting. So
0: uh... it was such a bad play. And my opponent started him and he keeps scoring all these touchdowns. Oh, it was so frustrating. <laughs> I was when I saw him in the starting lineup, I was laughing. I was like, Oh, joke's on you, man. <laughs> he's gonna get three targets. And here he goes, two more touchdowns.
2: Not cool. He is like the new version of the Seattle era Jimmy Graham, basically. He's last year's Jimmy Graham getting all these uh these red zone catches. Yes,
0: yeah, so he's probably gonna be drafted like tight end five next year, and we'll have to tell everyone, uh don't do that. <laughs> All right, guys, that's all for today's show. Pat, thank you for taking the time to come on. Always a pleasure to come on and talk to you guys. All right, and thanks to the sponsor of today's show, Lisa Mattresses, where you can get $160 off your Lisa mattress at lisa.com slash fantasypros. That's l-e-e-s-a.com slash fantasypros. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted
1: you to watch me so